0: Hey, welcome to the Street Shots Photography Podcast with the Switch to Manual guys. I'm Antonio, and I'm lone wolfing it again on this 46th episode of Street Shots. Uh, Tom's uh, pretty busy. Actually, I've been pretty busy lately. But uh, first I wanted to say, uh, uh, you know, happy fall for all of us in the uh, Northern Hemisphere. Uh, Fall officially started this morning. And I'm guessing, because of the way the world is tilted, I should say happy spring for all you uh, folks listening down in the Southern Hemisphere. So, and for those of you in the equator, uh, you're just probably having a really nice day all the time, I think. I wish I was in the equator sometimes. So yeah, it's been a, a bit of a busy month for me, and it's been hard to find a little bit of time to sit down and record. Uh, the last episode, uh, forty-five, we did with Mac from the uh, Shutter Time podcast. That was blast. We were talking about whether or not it was worth switching to manual or not. Uh, so that was an interesting episode. Uh, it was uh, Mac was being a guest uh, fill-in for Tom, and uh, what prompted me f- to do this episode tonight is. I just ran a street photography class at the uh, place I work at the brick arts media in Brooklyn. It's a m- media organization, uh, nonprofit. Uh, we are in charge of all the, uh, actually the public access, uh, video channels in Brooklyn. And there's a media program in the, uh, in the organization. And there's a lot of, uh, classes. They teach, uh, Photoshop, uh, uh, editing and, uh, how to use studio equipment. And, uh, they just ran a, pho- a street photography class for the first time, basically because I was working there and I do a lot of street photography. So the guy who runs the classes says, Hey, we want to do a street photography class and have you teach it. So we just had the first one on uh, a couple of days ago and, you know, I wrote up a bunch of notes to give to the students And when I was done, I realized that the uh, notes I wrote up might make a pretty good episode. Uh, So I thought I would share with you uh, some of the things I told the students, pretty much uh, street photography rules of thumb. So this is going to be a a street photography heavy episode, but since we're called Street Shots, I suppose that's fine. You know, we live up to our name once in a while. Um, And I thought, you know what, let me just share what I told the students as my rules of thumb for going into street photography. So, you know, you get to hear me uh tonight talk about uh the you know when I say the rules. You know, you know, rules of thumb is a nice way to say it. And they're they're guidelines. They're just things I've been learning as I've been doing a lot of street photography. Now I'm you know I know a lot of street photographers have been doing this a lot longer than I have. So uh you know I'm I'm hoping that um this stuff that I'm sharing with you is sort of shared by, uh, you know, a a lot of other people who, who do street photography. Um, but you know, I'm kind of new to this business in a way. I mean, I have been doing it for like five or six years, maybe a little bit longer. I mean, there have been, you know, some photographers are doing it for, you know, a lifetime. So that's why I feel like I'm just a novice, but these are the things I've been learning so far and they're, you know, open to, uh, you know, modification. They're open to interpretation, um, but these are, you know, the kind of things I, I sat down and, you know, we're going to share this information with students. Uh, this is what I would probably tell them. So I'm just going to go down the list. It's in no particular order and I will try to keep it, uh, you know, I can talk for a while. So, you know, I'm going to try to keep it as short as possible. Um, but, uh, you know, let, let's, let's, let's just go down the list and see what happens. So hopefully, uh, I won't put you guys to sleep. Uh, it's time to get energized and, uh, really want to go and do some street photography. You know, a lot of these things actually might apply to other branches of photography as well, not just street photography. So, you know, keep that in mind when, uh, when you're listening. So, uh, this is the list that I gave to the students. And the first one I came up with was use an inconspicuous camera. And, you know, I think DSLRs can, are pretty good for street photography, but I think it helps to be as inconspicuous as possible. Uh, smaller cameras like the one I use, Fuji X100T and their new X70 are really nice little cameras. There's the Ricoh GR and Olympus pen. And I'm sure there's a few more that I'm, you know, missing on that list. Um, but those kind of cameras are, are less intimidating and they're quieter to shoot with. And, you know, they don't quite scream out that you're taking a picture in the street. Um, even though you are, they're not quite so obvious. So, I think that if you're going to start in, you know, if you want to get into street photography, yeah, you can use DSLRs. They're big. You have to put them up to your face uh, most of the time, but I would really consider getting one of the smaller cameras. Um, Some of the small cameras have very good sensors and the picture quality can be very good. So uh, think about those. And, you know, one of the things about having the inconspicuous cameras, you're able to Kind of blend into the crowd and look like a tourist and, and all that kind of stuff can be beneficial when you're trying to grab uh, Candid uh, shots of people or uh, locations. So, you know consider one of the smaller cameras um, I don't mean that you need to go out and buy one, but uh, since I've moved to the smaller cameras, I found that uh, The camera just doesn't stand in the way of me getting pictures. So uh, just consider that uh, the next one is Uh, I said, know your gear. Uh, It could also be read the friggin' manual. Um, We all get the camera manuals with our camera. And what I found was interesting with some students, and of course they are students, uh, a lot of them didn't know how to use their camera. And you're kind of at a disadvantage if you're not knowing how to use your gear. So yeah, the manuals that come with the camera are helpful. They're really dry. Um, I happen to like them. I feel like Scotty on the uh, enterprise, you know, a good vacation for me is sitting down reading the technical manuals. And, uh, I like, I like the manuals that come with the camera, but they do not cover all the, the, uh, great functions or like how to use the functions of the camera. So, uh, what I would do is seek out, uh, some of the, uh, people who review cameras because they've gone through some real world testing and often their reviews give you a lot of tips about, how to use the camera. Uh, just as a point of reference, uh, when I got my Fuji X100T, uh, I did search out a bunch of reviews just to get some uh, insider information about what was going on inside the camera. And it took me a long time to really master that camera. But when you're out in the street, you really don't want to be futzing with dials and switches and not knowing what this does and what that does. And you really want to know what your camera's doing. So, you know, really spend some time to learn the gear. Um, yeah, there there are plenty of resources out there for you to find out how to use your specific camera. Uh, if you get a brand new camera that's out on the market, you might have to wait a while for some people to go out and review it. But um really I think it's important to spend some time learning how to use your gear. It's just, you know, you don't want it to get in the way. You want the gear to be in the background. Uh you're you're out to take pictures. Uh you you want, you know, to press the button. You want to know the camera's gonna take the a good exposure. Uh, So just, just read the manual, you know, I put that in quotes kind of, um, but just, you know, pay attention to your gear. Uh, it's going to help you in the long run. So, uh, that being said, I would say also, uh, in that vein, learn the manual settings, you know, we're of course switched to manual and we like to teach how to shoot in manual. And it really is helpful to have a camera that can shoot in manual. Now I don't, say that you always have to shoot manual in fact sometimes manual can slow you down uh, i do think it's important to learn what the manual settings do on your camera uh, you know at Switch to manual we are hoping to teach people in a short period of time at least give them a taste of what the aperture and the shutter speed and the iso do and how they work together we've heard it called the exposure triangle but how those three functions of the camera work to help you take a picture um, and then we've we've also said there's nothing wrong with shooting in automatic. It's just, you know, you understand what the manual settings of the camera are so that when you do go to automatic, you, you know what the camera is doing. So I would say, you know, in addition to learning your camera, learn how to shoot in manual. And, you know, cameras these days are almost like little mini photo schools. And I mean that in such a way that you can take a picture uh choosing whatever settings you want on the camera and you look in the screen and you get immediate feedback as to what you just shot and by looking at the different settings you can kind of figure out well what are you doing wrong why is the picture overexposed why is it underexposed why is there a camera shake and you can get immediate feedback by changing the dial so if you learn manual settings you'll know which dials to change and what kind of effect that's going to have on your picture so you know try to learn manual a little bit, you know, um, again, when you're in the street and you want to take pictures fast, you don't want to be fussing with settings. You kind of sometimes want to set your camera up immediately. And sometimes the automatic settings in the camera will actually slow you down. Like I said, you know, so if you're trying to do some autofocus and people are walking at you and you want to take shots, uh, the autofocus may not work so well. So you want to be able to do, you know, manual focus. Okay. So just learn the manual controls and, uh, you know, switch to manual. Of course, i got to throw that in as a, maybe a subliminal message. But uh, um, so go with that now. And uh, one of the things I added to the list was no chimping. Now, I never used that word. I never really knew what it was like until someone said, you know, chimping is when people look at the back of the screen and go, ooh, 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 ooh. And I've never looked at the screen and went, ooh, ooh, ooh. But, you know, I'm certainly guilty of taking a picture and looking at the back of the screen. But I was telling the students uh, in the class uh, that I was teaching that we're about to go out and photograph. And I said, look, can you try this? When you're going out there, try not to constantly look at the LCD to see if you got the shot. Because if you do, you may may miss that next photo opportunity that's right in front of you. And it certainly will be a tip off that you're taking pictures. So if you're trying to be inconspicuous, you will want to not keep looking at your camera. Now, part of the reason about this I think is that if you're walking in the street and you're taking pictures and you're moving fast and you and, and you see something and you take a shot and then you stop and you look what what good is that going to do um first of all it tips off that you're that you're going around taking pictures you may not want everybody to know that you're you're walking around with your camera taking pictures you want to be maybe inconspicuous uh second well, you know secondly is if if something just happened uh a moment just passed and you try to take a picture of it and you missed it, what good is looking at the screen? You're not going to go back and try to get the picture. Now, maybe it's a it's a static setting that you want to get and you want to uh, explore a little bit. And, and certainly it's okay to look at the screen to see if you're getting the framing that you want. But I would try to say, like, maybe, you know, like in the old film days, you had to wait a week to, to get your pictures back or a few days, and you really didn't have the ability to chimp uh, to look at the shots. You sort of had to hope... And because your skill levels are increasing, you know, you're thinking I'm getting better and better. So maybe I don't need to keep looking at the screen. So I was trying to tell them, you know, don't constantly look at what you have. Now, as we were walking down the street, people were taking their pictures and looking at their screens. Of course, it's a habit we've gotten into. But I'd say as, a, as an experiment, as a, as a you know, a, a way to train yourself, don't always keep looking at the screen. Uh, again, you might um, you might miss another shot that's right ahead of you because uh, you're looking down at something that you might have just shot and maybe you missed. But now you're missing more shots. So just go for it. You know, hope you know. Once you know the controls of the camera, you can kind of be confident that the picture, at least the exposure, will come out. Maybe the focus will be good. You know, you'll 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 get that stuff. And constantly looking at your camera, I think it's just going to slow you down in the street. You need to be a little mobile. You need to be a little flexible. So uh, take that <laughs> and, uh, you know, no disrespect for chimps. Uh, you know, I don't ever see a chimp looking at the back of the camera anyway. Uh, it's a, it's a silly word. It's what people are using. So, uh, no chimping. Uh, what's next on my list? Oh, okay. This one's a little long. I'll try to, I'll try to condense this, but, uh, the, the topic was look. All right. I mean, we're out there, we're, we're photographers, and the whole point of us is there to look and, 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 and see the world and try to find these um, subjects that we want to photograph. And so my list was sort of uh, like this. I said, look for irony, look for symmetry, look for gestures, look for expression. Uh, I said, street photography isn't just random shots. You need to look for shots. In fact, if someone says, are you out taking pictures? And I go, no, I'm not taking pictures. And I'm not making pictures. I'm looking for pictures. I'm constantly on the lookout for scenes, for situations, for anything that is worth recording on my camera. By the way, I don't say capture, by the way. Um, I it, I don't know, it's a pet peeve of mine, all right? So, and it's probably gonna get people to uh, <laughs> text me or email me and say, you know, why don't you want to capture? I've never really captured a photograph. Um, To me, it is, uh, well, I won't get too much into this. I, I just don't use the word capture. Uh, I, you know, I do take pictures, uh, I do make pictures sometimes. And I think to me, the difference is that, uh, uh, you know, if I'm making a picture, it's something that I'm creating, you know, creating a situation. Maybe I'm staging something or I'm moving things around, or maybe I'm doing some post production and I feel like I'm making a picture, but lately with street photography, I really think I'm looking for shots. So the the quick list of irony, uh, the quick list here is like, let's go over irony. It would be, you know, things that make you laugh, things that uh, combine in the picture that you you would have never uh, seen. Uh, There's a shot that I have. um, What is it? I'll post these in the show notes, but there's a shot I have of a, uh, 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 the front of a Mercedes SUV, right? And it's, you know, you can tell it's a big SUV, and the license plate says "All for God." So whoever owns that R- Mercedes has a license plate that says "All for God," um, and I thought those combinations of the the symbolism of the Mercedes and the money, and then the license plate that said "All for God" was was a was a fun thing to look at. Um, You know, maybe I'm making some kind of statement. Maybe I'm not. I mean, it's just their license plate on their car. I'm not doing anything. I'm just recording it. I'm framing it in such a way and then sharing it with the world. Um, but it's an ironic picture. Um, so look for those kind of things. Uh, look for symmetry, things that are even on the left and the right. Uh, I have a picture of a gentleman who's standing in front of a fence and... He's right at the corner of the fence, and the fence goes away on the left and the right, and he's very central to the picture, but the, the uh, uh, left and right are very symmetrical. I mean, also in uh, reflections, you know, if I take my camera and I drop it down to a, a puddle to, to catch the reflection and then reflect the subject in the picture so that uh, the reflection and the top part of the picture are, are, you know, mirror images of each other. So look for things like that. Um, when I'm photographing people, I tend to look for gestures. I mean, I, I photograph a lot of people sitting down, uh, w- which I consider sort of portraits, you know, if people were sitting for a, for a formal portrait. Um, but I also look for people doing things with their arms, with their legs. I sometimes capture pictures of people in the middle of a yawn, uh, which is kind of funny. It's maybe not the best look for somebody, but it, it often just stands out of the, Uh, you know, the crowd of shots someone is in the middle of a yawn or they're stretching or they're scratching their head in such a way or a picture of two people who have a similar gesture standing next to each other. Maybe they're not aware of it. Um, I have a shot of uh, a gentleman standing at uh, Federal Hall uh, underneath the statue of Washington, and he's uh, copying a, a gesture that looks very similar to the gesture of the statue. Uh, I'm sure he's doing that on purpose because he's being photographed by somebody else. And, you know, uh, there's something to that, uh, to see someone mimicking a, a statue. So, um, so I'm often looking for gestures. Now you can see I'm already in the, in the, in the way I'm saying I'm looking for these pictures. I'm not waiting for them to happen. Uh, I'm just sort of scanning and I'm looking and hopefully I'm getting to a place where, you know, I'm walking down the street and I see something and I can grab it. I can get that shot uh, while someone is doing something interesting, uh, the other thing is I'm also looking for expressions. You know, people expressing themselves. My my friend uh, Keith Goldstein, who uh, we uh, I had on the show a little while back, um, does these great great pictures of people in uh, Midtown, New York, and he is able to capture expressions on their face that's just um, they're heart wrenching sometimes and moving, and you know they're just this moment in someone's life as they're walking down the street. And you can't really tell if they're sad or happy. You know, you capture a moment you're taking it out of context. So you really don't know. But when you look at that single frame, he, he really captures um, people's expressions really well. And so I look for that too. It's it's a little harder to do for me. Um, I might capture expressions sort of as a, you know, secondary to the picture. I wasn't aware that they're going to make that face. And and sometimes I, I'm looking for it and I know it. But uh, Keith is a master at this. And so uh, go look at his pictures. Uh, especially uh, the group of shots called the, the Tenderloin. And also, he's done a group of shots uh, about people looking at the World Trade Center or what was left of the World Trade Center, the empty um, space that people looked at when uh, uh, pr- uh, prior to the buildings coming down and then building the new one, people were just going downtown looking at nothing. Um, and he has a series called Looking On. And that's a very interesting a uh, series of pictures uh, and their faces of people looking at nothing. So look for expression. All right. Uh, next on my list, uh, I wrote post-processing is your friend. Uh, but then I said, don't get too friendly with it. Uh, you can always crop light and darken a shot in post-pro- pro- post-production, but don't over-process a picture. I really get a little crazy when I see some shots that are just overly... Uh, processed with maybe like an iPhone app. Some people like to process uh, their, their street photography on iPhones or iPads. That's what I do, by the way. Um, I'm also sometimes guilty. I've noticed of over processing my shot because I'm trying to do something and I, I, look at it and I say, my man, I've added way too much contrast or something like that. Um, so what I also said was try to keep the integrity of your street photo intact. I think which which is kind of the point of street photography in the first place meaning you know I don't really kind of bring the shot into Photoshop and start removing things and and adding things. It's not what the photograph is about. And so I will do things like increase the contrast, crop the picture to a square or or to a rectangle or crop out some uh, elements that are distracting in the picture. I can certainly change the picture from color to black and white. I uh, consider that post-processing. Uh, sometimes I'll underexpose it in post-processing so I get really deep shadows. Uh, I think those are all fine. That's why I say post-processing is your friend. It's going to help you to express what you want in the photograph. Now, there are some people who say that's not pure street photography, and you know, I'm not about to get into a, a debate about what is pure street photography or not, and everybody's got their opinion about this. But in the old days, you know, when uh, we used film, you would take your film into the darkroom, and you would do things like choose the kind of contrast paper that you use. You might use a heavy contrast paper so that the picture would get really dark and, you know, the blacks would fill in, you know, um, be really rich and heavy. Uh, You might choose to dodge and burn certain areas. So, you know, there's always been manipulation to the picture. I mean, again, it's about trying to look at the photograph and and trying to tell the story that you want. And sometimes post-processing can just help you a little bit. In fact, if you actually look at some of the old masters, of street photography or of photography in general uh, a lot of them did go into the darkroom and did some work on their pictures so you know don't be afraid of that but uh, again to me street photography is about capturing you know capturing what is even though you are doing some manipulation in post-processing uh, sometimes you know you're not really adding people or taking away trees or, or anything now again it's not a fast and furious rule <laughs> you know sometimes Yes, I I might have gotten a shot of somebody and there's a lamp post sticking out of their head, and otherwise the shot is great. And I've been like, okay, well, what would be hap- what would be wrong if I just sort of cloned out that lamp, you know, post? But uh, I realized I did have some sort of feeling about that afterwards. I mean, almost as if maybe I was doing something wrong. I'm not doing something wrong, but I was like, you know, there was something about it. So I just don't do that that much. I really try to keep it as you know, I want to say as pure as possible. It's not pure if I'm doing like contrast adjustments or color adjustments. Um, there's no real pure photography, but that's another discussion. I won't get into that, but, um, I do try to keep the integrity of the shot for the most part. So, uh, you know, not a hard rule and certainly debatable, and maybe we'll come back to that at some point in the future. All right next on my list i'm going through them let's see i want to make sure i'm not taking up too much of your time all right you know we're 20 minutes in i'm i'm going to try to go fast with this so next on the list i told the students to learn to see in black and white and what i told them is shooting in black and white can sometimes help avoid the distraction of color and help focus on the subject you know shapes expressions gestures um And what's really good is the new mirrorless cameras that are out there. So like the Fuji I was telling you about and the Olympus pen. um, One of the things they do is because you're looking at a live view through the LCD or through the new electronic viewfinders is they can help preview your shots in black and white. You can set the settings on the camera to shoot in black and white. And then you're looking at your LCD and you're seeing black and white. Now, uh, here we go into a story. I already told you I want to keep this fast, but you know, All right, you know, I'm just going to go into the story. One of the the hardest things I had to learn when I was doing photography was seeing in black and white, and I still had a really hard time, basically meaning that when I first started taking pictures, all I really could afford was shooting black and white film. That was the way I, I learned. And then I had to go into the darkroom, but of course the real world is not in black and white. So I'm looking through the camera and I'm seeing my subjects and everything is in color because the viewfinder is just showing me what's in the world. But I'm trying, I'm I'm shooting black and white film. And so I need to look through the camera lens and I need to say, how is that going to translate in black and white? And it was very hard for me to do. And it can come with practice. You can do it over and over again. You can start seeing the world. You can kind of understand that, like a good example is the color red and green. If you have red and green together, like something red that's on like a, a grass, and if it's the right shade of red, you know, even though in color they, they contrast, red and green are a contrast in color, when you convert those to black and white, they're going to look pretty much the same kind of gray. Now, that of course, it depends on the kind of red that it is, but generally they look kind of similar in, uh, with black and white, especially with black and white film. So, you know, understanding how things are going to uh, convert to black and white. Now, street photography is not about just shooting black and white photography. Let me get that straight. Uh, just so we're not saying like if you look at my work I shoot a lot of black and white or I create I should say I create a lot of black and white cuz I shoot in color converted to black and white later but black and white is is certainly a uh, you know heavy in street photography you'll see a lot of street photos that are black and white and the nice thing about learning to shoot in black and white is you really are looking for um shapes and uh, you know the, the the color is taken out of the when color is taken out of the uh, equation What else do you have but textures, shapes, you know, big blocks of, of, you know, blacks and big blocks of white, uh, and you can use those as compositional elements. And so, like I said before, these new cameras are almost like little mini photo schools. So, you know, you buy a mirrorless camera and you're out there shooting and you turn it on and you preview the world in black and white. There you are, you can now train your eye through your camera about what things Look like when they're seen in black and white because the camera is going to show you in real time so it's a lot of fun to Shoot uh, with one of these mirrorless cameras in black and white looking through the screen and seeing your picture in black and white now the the helpful tip in this uh, regard is to photograph using uh, your cameras uh, raw plus JPEG in this way your camera is going to produce two files. You're going to get a RAW file which has all your data, and it's got all your color data, and then it's going to produce a JPEG that's in black and white. And this way you're not committed to the black and white. If you don't like the black and white JPEG, you can always go back and reprocess the RAW shot and get a color shot or do a different kind of black and white style. So if you're going to do this kind of thing with your cameras, if we are going to preview in black and white, try to shoot RAW plus JPEG. And this way you have uh, the options later if you don't want to shoot in black and white. Now, there are some cameras, uh, for instance, there's a Leica, uh, in my opinion, very pretentious Leica, that only shoots in black and white. So you're committed to black and white pictures. Now, that's like the old days because you shot film, and when you shot black and white film, you were committed to black and white film because that's all you had. Um, these days, I think it, I don't know, it's kind of silly to have a camera that only shoots black and white. I think it's some sort of false restriction uh, on, you know, the photographer to do that. And eh, you know what? You know, spending seven thousand dollars on a camera or whatever costs that just shoots black and white is just eh, I think you're just trying to show off to me. That's just my opinion. So anyway, uh learn to see in black and white. Use your camera. Again, it's a little photo school there. Uh look through the viewfinder, watch how it converts things to black and white, and, and you'll learn a lot. You'll see how colors translate. And you'll be surprised actually. So. That being said, go to my next subject. Oh, uh, explore a subject. This one I'll go really fast on. You know, street photography is often you're walking through the street and you're taking shots, but sometimes you might see something and you want to hang out there and see what happens, and there's nothing wrong with that, and I encourage that. So, you know, like stand in one location and continuously explore what's around it. You know, for instance, if you see an interesting wall, now that's, you know, a lot of photographers shoot walls, but... They're a lot of fun, and uh, I'll post some of my pictures in the uh, show notes of a wall that I shot—a big red wall. Uh, I think it was Macy's was redoing their store in uh, in Herald Square, and they had this big red wall, um, like wooden wall surrounding their windows. And it was really—it was one of those sunny days, and the red was just vibrant as hell. And I only had my iPhone with me, and uh, I decided to stand in front of this wall and watch people walk by, and I looked for contrasting colors uh, from people, what they were wearing to that contrasted against the uh, red or that just stood out with the red. And so I sat there and I just took like, you know, a few dozen shots. And I ended up with about six or seven that I liked. And I had one really good one that I liked. I'll post that shot in the show notes. And uh, it was just really standing in one place and exploring. You know, you don't always have to keep walking. It's nice to stay and explore something and just see what happens. So I really encourage that. You know, explore a subject, move around something, take a lot of shots. You never know what you're going to get. Um, don't worry about it. You know, storage is cheap. Take as many pictures as you want. Uh, and you might get, a you know, a few that you like, and you certainly might get one that you really like. But, you know, I encourage you to stand in one place and shoot. That being said, uh, your legs are your zoom lens. I didn't actually talk to the class about this. I put this in the notes for the class. Uh, But basically, if you want to get closer to your subject, get closer, use your legs. Um, I said try to avoid using zoom lenses uh, because, I don't know, there's something, I don't know, I don't want to say creepy, but I think it's better to get in the crowd than to stand afar and looking like a creepy photo stalker with a zoom lens. Uh, I don't mean that every street photograph needs to be shot with a 28 or a 35 or, you know, in someone's face. But I I like to think that you get into the situation a little bit, and then you know if you're you know 500 feet away with a 80 to 200 millimeter lens, and you're shooting, well, you know it 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 feels kind of like at a distance. So I I like to think that you know get a moderately focal you know a moderate focal length lens, and you know throw yourself into the into the subject a little bit more. Um, I think you'll be more satisfied with the pictures you get, and it's also one of those Uh, experiences that you know you're in the situation you're not standing back and watching it so people who are looking at your pictures really feel like you're there uh, when something's happening you know you're in someone's you know you're walking in the street you're not just watching it from a distance Uh, not to say there hasn't been good street photography done with you know telephoto lenses it's fine Um, but I like to think that you know get get into the crowd you know and again I'm talking about almost like I'm talking about shooting with people all the time but you know, figuratively also get into the crowd, get into the situation. Um, the wider angle lenses, I tend to like. Uh, I like capturing a lot of th- things in my shot. And I do like kind of be, being in the mix a little bit. Um, it's not for everybody, um, but it's worth trying. So, you know, your legs are your zoom lens. Okay, uh, next on the list, again, this might have been, should have been the last thing. Well, maybe not. Uh, the, the, the phrase, perfect is the enemy of good. <laughs> We've heard that before, uh, and what I wrote was sometimes sharp focus and perfect exposure is overrated, and it is sometimes. I think many uh, great street photographs are are often technically flawed but are still beautiful, and I said don't get hung up in perfection. You know, we all get you know we all like to pixel peep in some way. Um, you know, you want to know your camera's a million megapixels, whatever, and it, and the lens is X Y and Z sharp and whatever. But sometimes, you know, you're walking around and the camera moves a little bit and you get a blurry shot uh, or the, you know, something is not quite technically perfect. And so what if you look at the picture and the subject is is strong enough, then those technical things are just going to fall away. So, you know, don't always throw away all the pictures that are blurry. Take a second look at them. Again, storage is cheap. You know, keep those pictures that you think are maybe seconds and maybe they ended up really being first. You know, maybe there's a, uh, a shot that looks not so great in color while it's blurry, but when you convert it to black and white, suddenly it takes on a haunting view. You know, I'm thinking maybe like a person moving and there's a blur and, you know, sometimes in color that doesn't quite look right. But if you, you know, take that shot and you convert it to black and white, maybe you increase the contrast it can look almost ghostly and you, you come up with a different feel for the picture and it's not technically perfect. You, know, you might have made a mistake. You might've let the shutter open a little too long while you're walking by and taking this shot. And so there was some camera blur, but there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. You know, little mistakes can be really helpful sometimes. And also it gives you ideas for future. So it's like, wow, you know, I was doing that with a slow shutter speed and look what happened. And now I can start exploring subjects. Maybe I'll do a whole, su- you know, a-, a bunch of pictures where I'm slowing down the shutter speed. So the mistakes can actually help you out with some ideas. So, Don't don't get hung out on uh, hung up, excuse me, on technical perfection. Uh, It's like I said, it's overrated. And if anybody says, you know, starts looking at your picture and saying, well, that's out of focus or there's too much noise in the picture. We're like, well, you know what? If it works in the picture, great. If it doesn't, I understand what's going on. But otherwise, you know what, you know, leave me alone about the technical stuff. Uh, People who go up to your prints, you know, in a gallery and start staring at them from two inches away, you know what, they're not going to be satisfied with anything. So uh, perfect is the enemy of good. Get a good shot. You'll be much more happy with it. Um, Don't get hung up on the technical. That's not to say, going back to what I said before, learn how to use your camera, right? You want to learn how these settings work so that you do have some control over, you know, the mistakes at some point, all right? Just don't go crazy. Uh, this one I like. Uh, Shadows are your friend. Uh, actually, someone in the class was asking me this question about you know shadows, because um, he was coming from the point of view of video and saying you know in video we need to have the shadows lightened. We need to have all this dynamic range. And I said, yeah, you know what? In video, it's good to have a lot of information because you need a post process and you have some choice, but like when you're out shooting, sometimes shadows can be really good when they're very, very dark. And I will see if I can post, I'll post links to a couple of photographers who do some really heavy shadows in their pictures. There's almost no detail in them. A lot of the shots are black and white. Uh, and so the, the blacks, the, the shadows become really black shapes and they're, they're, they often add such a nice, Um, Compositional element to the picture and I've done some stuff in color too and color shadows going deep and dark They're a lot of fun. They use those as as you know objects in the picture Uh, They can be a lot of fun You know we don't have to have high dynamic range pictures all the time for photographs. Okay, we don't need that We don't need to see detail in the shadows all the time. And likewise, you know, in the other way we can blow out the highlights a little bit too. Again, that's a little trickier. It depends on the subject. The same thing with the shadows. It does depend on the subject, you know, just don't make shadows black all the time, but you know, there's some shots where people are in half in shadow and half not in shadow and they can be really dramatic. So play around with shadows. Don't, don't go crazy with them. This is like the, a little bit of the follow-up to the previous tip, you know, uh, and perfect is of good you know perfect shadows in the real world our eyes can see in shadow where our eyes have an, a high dynamic range We barely see you know, we really don't see black shadows So that's really kind of an invention of photography, but it's a lot of fun So play sometimes with dark shadows now I'll just go back for a second where that comes from is that with slide film and I used to shoot Kodachrome slide film Uh, For those young people in there, there's a thing out there called film. (laughs) We didn't always have digital cameras. But anyway, Kodachrome film was really, really nice when you underexposed it. Very slightly, not too much. With slide film, you could not underexpose too much because it just would, you know, there was a fine line, you know. And when you underexpose slightly, even with some other slide films, the colors would saturate nicely. So you get this nice saturation and the shadows would block up a bit. And they were really, really nice. I and mean, it added a crispness to the pictures. So anyway, shadows are your friend. Play around with them. I'll post some links to some photographers who have done some shadows, uh, some really uh, done justice to shadows, all right? Um, the, you'll be surprised. You'll see these pictures. I'll, I can't remember the photographer's name right off the top of my head. But put them in the notes, check the notes out, and you'll, you'll enjoy them. Uh, second to last, or maybe close to last, is always carry a camera and take pictures daily. I said, the only way to get better at street shooting is to always carry a camera with you and shoot at least one photo a day. Now, that's what I do. Um, mirrorless cameras are, you know, small and light. You know, your iPhone or your Android phone, That's those are, those are great cameras to carry around, too. I think they're a little harder to work with sometimes, especially when you want to control things. But, you know, uh, one of the photographers I mentioned before with the shadows, his stuff is all shot with an iPhone, so that's fine. So But carry it around every day and always always take at least one picture, at least try to get one picture a day. Um, streets shooting is a skill that will improve over time. Okay. So practicing every day will help hone your shooting skills and train your eye. I mean, when you're out there and you're looking for pictures, you're training your eye to see things. Do this every day. Um, don't let up too. Like if it's raining or snowing, you know, you let up. If you're like, you got a fever and you're sitting at home in bed, don't go out and shoot. All right. Don't (laughs) be smart about this. But you know, if you're, you know, if you got a regular route to work that you walk or you take the train, you know, don't shoot while you're driving. Uh, I'm going to say that, you know, we want to be safe and stuff, but you know, when you get out of your car and you're walking to your, to your job, you know, take your camera and shoot with it every day. Um, that, is what I've been doing. I mean, I literally carry my camera around my neck every day. almost like it's a, like a jewelry around my neck and people see me every day with it. You know, I've become this sort of, you know, staple in the neighborhood of, Oh, that's the guy with the camera around his neck all the time. And uh, I make sure that I take at least one picture a day. And even if the day is coming to an end and I haven't taken a picture, I'll just take a shot, you know, of something um, just to, just to live up to the one shot a day. <laughs> because i want i'm i i find that i'm continuously practicing my photography i don't i don't think i've ever found myself saying "Ah, oh, yes i'm a master at this i'm a master at that and that's kind of i'm never a master at anything i don't think anybody's a master at anything i think we're constantly practicing we're constantly tuning our eye and and and, and looking for things you know and our, our our job as photographers is to show the rest of the world what we've noticed you know so you want to walk around and you want to notice things the other thing is, you know, when you're walking by something and you pass by and you say, you know, I really should take a picture of it. And then, and you are continuously walking I mean, You you guys must've had this, right? You're walking and you see something. It's like, yeah, I should have taken a picture of that. That's when that thought pops in your mind. That's when you should be taking a picture. Okay. Don't ever walk by something uh, that you see and say, oh, I should have taken that picture. Take the picture. It may not be the perfect picture. It may not have translated on the camera. As well as did in your eye and then you'll find that out after you look at the picture but more often than not for me I've regretted those times when I saw something and I might have even had my camera with me and I self edited by not taking the picture while I was walking by and I've regretted those times so now if my brain this is the and this comes with training too this comes with doing it every day now my brain says, I should take that. Though that looks like it could be a good picture. Well, I got my camera, boom, and I take the shot and I'm on to the next thing or I'm walking to work and barely a moment goes by, you know, and, and I've got the shot and more often than not, I'm, I'm looking at it now and I'm saying, I'm glad I took that picture. Um, I will post in the show notes, a shot I took of, uh, how to describe it. I'm, I'm, I'm walking to work. I, I take a back exit through my back garage in my building and I'm walking up a street and it's a sunny day and the light is shining is, is creating a shadow onto the sidewalk through a fence, uh, like a metal fence. So it's creating these lines and it's crossing over at the sidewalk at the corner where the, um, I need to describe it, the little foot grip that they put on the corner so people don't slip. And so it's a bunch of dots, uh, like textured dots. So anyway, the shadow is crossing these dots on the on the ground, and I'm looking at it, and because I've I've now trained myself to look at things, look at shadows, look at anything, I saw I, I grabbed my camera and I took the picture, and what I saw when I took the picture was this abstract American flag, and you'll see this in the show notes, and I'm really kind of like wow, look at my pictures, you know these are great, but I was blown away by this. And this comes from training, you know, people walk by and they see shadows on the ground or anything, and they don't notice anything. And it's up to us to notice. It's like, look at what I saw and how I saw it. And if I didn't take the picture, nobody would have seen this. Okay. And so I'll definitely put this picture in the show notes. It's a fun picture. Uh, I think I got to make a print of it. I, and you know what I did? I also converted it to black and white. That's because the color version is just not, First of all, I'm, I'm thinking about it looking like an American flag, and because it's not, it's a sidewalk and a shadow, the colors don't work because, you know, it's not red, white, and blue. The, the sidewalk is in red, white, and blue. But when I convert it to black and white, it it looks more like the American flag. And it's a, it was a, I was surprised by it. And it's gotten a lot of people, a lot of people have responded to that picture very well. And it's not a perfect American flag, but it doesn't matter. It's, it's enough that you're looking at it and you say, that's an American flag. I know what that is. I know what he saw. Isn't that amazing? Okay? So carry your camera with around you with you all the time. You'll notice things and you'll be able to share that with everybody and that's really what photography is about. And you're out there and you're not taking pictures and maybe you're not making pictures, but you're looking for pictures and do that every day. And actually then the last thing on my list for them was remember to have fun. <laughs> you know, have fun. Is not we don't have to take ourselves too seriously, go out there, have fun, be're taking pictures of people in the street, you know, be respectful uh of them, you know we're out in the public we're 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 we don't want to set a bad example for other photographers. We want to be you know pains in the butts um but you know what have fun it's it's photography, you know we don't have to go too serious about this uh, so that was the list I gave the students uh, I'm hoping that my sharing with you guys, um, and again, this is not the only list I have. I mean, I'm sure I can come up with a lot more. This is what I just thought about telling these new street photographers, people who wanted to you know, understand what it's like to photograph on the street. These are the things I called rules of thumb. There's no rules. you know. It was just a way of calling it. Uh, it's a list of things that I learned. Uh, again, I'm still learning them, and I really just wanted to share them with you. I thought that would be a really good... Episode of this show just to to share what um, I've been learning about photographing in the street And again, this can apply to not only street photography I'm sure it can apply to all sorts of different photography. It's just I do street photography at the moment. So I Hope that you found those lists enjoyable check the show notes for some sample pictures of what I was talking about Basically, these are some of the shots. I also shared in the class so take a look at what you'll see, um, you know, and compare them with what I was telling you. And, you know, that's it. I, I managed to keep you guys around for about 45 minutes. Hopefully I didn't bore the hell out of you. Um, And uh, I actually have a, you know, it's good talking to you guys. And, uh, you know, I'm so glad that you guys are listening and downloading and subscribing to our podcast. Uh, it's wonderful. So anyway you can find us me and tom generally at our website switchtomanual.com uh there you can get links to a, a bunch of different things we might start our photo walks up soon we just haven't been doing it just because tom's moved out to arizona i'm in new york and i'm actually trying to i'm trying to do a lot more work i'm trying to got to earn some money <laughs> to pay for things so uh, in the meantime also we're on twitter at switch the number 2 manual uh, but while you're in Twitter, also follow me and Tom. I'm at A.M. Rosario, and Tom is at Witness Photog. P-H-O-T-O-G. Uh, we also uh, lurk around on Facebook, so like us there, please. Uh, we have a Facebook page. And uh, one of the things I want to get you guys to do is to subscribe to our Switch to Manual Flipboard magazine. Um, basically, it's a uh, Flipboard is a, a, a an app on the uh, uh, tablets or, or iPhones. Uh, it's a great kind of virtual magazine uh, and i've got two magazines i'd like you guys to subscribe to one is a switch to manual flipboard magazine another one is a street photography flipboard magazine but you can find it at flipboard.com slash at symbol AM rosario and there you can see all the magazines that uh, i'm uh, i'm curating uh, on different subjects but the switch to manual one there and the street photography one is there so uh, it's a great little um, app to uh, you know have like a virtual magazine also, if you guys subscribe to us on iTunes, uh, please rate us and uh, review us. I hope to get uh, our podcast up in the uh, rating someday soon. Um. So go to iTunes and uh, give us a rating. Also, one of the things that we like to remind you guys of is that if you do want to switch to manual guys to look at your pictures, we do have portfolio reviews on our site. You send us your shots, and we will send you feedback and tips about your work. We have three paid tiers and a free 99 version. So if you just want to try us out, uh, you can. Um, But I think we're going to retire the free version soon. So we have three paid tiers, and you send us a bunch of your pictures. And... um, You know, we go and review each picture and give you some tips and feedback about the picture. So give us uh, a—that's a good—that's a great way to support the site. By the way, is uh, uh, hiring us to do uh, portfolio reviews. Also, we got a YouTube channel that we're working on with Tipcast, basically short little tip videos that we're gonna publish uh, regularly. I think as uh, my time frees up a little bit more, I'll be doing more videos. I also just got a really cool teleprompter, (laughs) so a little teeny tiny one I can connect to my camera. So uh, I might start talking to the camera. Um, but we got a link on our site uh, uh, for that, and on Facebook we don't have a uh, uh, we don't get enough subscribers yet to have our own YouTube uh, URL. So find that through our website. And if you have any uh, uh, topics you'd like to uh, see us cover, drop us a line at uh, info at to and we'd like to you know answer some questions on our show. Maybe we'll do a show by uh, viewers' questions stuff like that. Also, uh, I would like to say, if you like what we're doing, please help, if you can, support the show. We got a couple of PayPal buttons on our Podbean page and on our uh, podcast page. And if you can, you know, drop us some chump change, it's... uh Tom and I carry this podcast on our own, and uh, you know we're doing okay. But uh, we've gotten some donations, and thank you very much to those folks who have uh, who have donated some generously uh, uh, donated uh, um, tips uh, for us. Uh, some chump change has been really helpful, and it goes right back into the show so that we can uh, keep the show going. So uh, we'd really appreciate anything that you guys uh, could offer us, and, and it would help a lot. And uh, soon we're going to be setting up. Uh, um, Tom and I will be selling our prints on site. So it'll be another way to support the site It says you know, buy some of our photography uh, and uh, hang it on your wall if you want. So uh, that being said, it was wonderful spending uh, about a little shorter than an hour with you all. Uh, thanks for tuning in and uh, you know we'll be some we'll be having some uh, interviews with some photographers coming up once I schedule a few things uh, so that should be fun in the future and uh, anyway thanks for hanging in there see you later and as Tom would say adios.